0: Listener supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820 brings you Family Sanctuary a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn.
1: Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. Today, we have one of my favorite types of programs for the Family Sanctuary. We have a series on secrets to a long and lasting marriage. And uh, we've invited several couples to be part of our series. There are are more programs in the archives on the secrets to a lasting marriage. And, um, you know, really, I I have a wonderful couple today that's going to be sharing their story. And I I think all of our couples would agree. These aren't really secrets that we're sharing. (laughs) (laughs) The the answers are pretty obvious, uh, but the stories are so personal and I think you will love the story that you're going to hear today. Um, from jennifer and frank Fullen. welcome to the program jennifer and frank yeah thank you so much for being with us and sharing your secret uh to your long marriage (laughs) uh fairly soon you will be married 33 years a great number (laughs) <laughs> um, and um, and your secret is persistence. So we're going to be focusing on that. What does that mean? Let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer and Frank before they get into their story in more detail. Um, they have been married almost 33 years. They have five children, three grandchildren. And uh, they are what we call cradle Catholics. Oh, you have four grandchildren yeah. now. Oh, <laughs> we have a grandson. wonderful! Oh, <laughs> great!
2: What are the ages of the grandkids? Oh gosh, um, let's see. Mars just a oldest. range. Yeah. It's from seven to what? Three Sorry, months. Three months. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! That's beautiful. Well, congratulations. Uh, they're
1: cradle Catholics. They were baptized Catholics when they were infants and uh, met at Bishop Waterson High School. So they're from Columbus, but actually now living uh, outside of land. Lancaster, and members of St. Mary of the Assumption Parish. So um, we're happy to have them with us. Frank is an attorney, and he has been in the title insurance and real estate arena. He's also uh, a deacon. Well,
0: I was studying to be a deacon, but I never, I had a some setbacks.
1: Okay. And and we're going to talk about some of those setbacks on our yeah. program today. I knew you were in the diaconate program at the time, so yeah. I assumed you had finished. Yep. All right. Well, God took you in a slightly different direction Absolutely. then. Uh, but Jennifer it, works full-time at the Marriage and Family Life Office for the Diocese of Columbus. She's been there, what, 11 years now? Uh, 12 now. 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. Gone fast. Yeah, and she's the program coordinator for Natural Family Planning. Uh, as you... Will hear in their story. Natural family planning has been an important part of their journey. Uh, and one of the things that, that drew them closer. So we'll be talking about that, uh, among other incidences, opportunities, uh, blessings and challenges that have come into their 33 years of marriage. So thank you so much for being willing to share with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, when, when I ask you, could you sum up in one word for us, to, to at least for the title of the program, uh, what has been the secret to your long
2: marriage? Jennifer, you were the first one that, that thought of the term. Oh, I mauled over that question for many days, and then I happened to be um, reading um, from Paul's uh, second letter to Timothy. Uh, chapter 4, verse 2, mm-hmm. and it just kind of hopped out at me. It was, you know, it was like, uh, he was talking about um, um, preaching the gospel, but it, it, he said, be persistent, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Convince, reprimand, encourage through all patience and teaching. And I thought, wow, there we go. Be persistent. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was his calling, of course, to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yours and Frank's calling is to live out your marriage. Exactly. And it takes the same kind of tenacity, I think, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, that in sickness and, uh, you know, in health, you know, um, all of right. that can be a challenge, uh, but also a joy, a great opportunity yeah. for growth. I love that when you when you
1: read me that bible verse, uh, be persistent whether it's convenient or inconvenient. And isn't that really the definition of keeping a commitment um or or being persistent in a calling because it's sometimes Maybe it's not very convenient most of the time. Maybe yeah. it's <laughs> <get> more inconvenient. <laughs> but that is such a challenge. Well, so as you thought about that in your relationship, Jennifer and Frank, um, tell me about some of the times when it's been more convenient or more inconvenient uh, to to really be persistent in your commitment to each other.
2: Uh, Well, I'll just start off saying that um, Frank is kind of has a persistent personality, and I love that about him from the start. Mm -hmm. We met in high school, and I just thought he was funny and charming, and um, we didn't actually start dating until after he finished law school, but um, he was just as charming and amusing, and he seemed to go out of his way uh, to kind of, um, I don't know, um, woo me. (laughs)
1: Well, that's good. (laughs) He was persistent in... In his mission sure. at that time, oh, yeah. which was yeah. to, uh,
2: to woo you,
1: yes, uh, to court you court and yep. uh, make sure you knew that he would treat
2: you well as a wife. And the, and he persists in marriage, <laughs> even when it's not convenient, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. And he still just charms me on a <laughs> daily basis. Um, he does loving acts of kindness, like, you know, just pouring our coffee in the morning and pulling out the car and, um, you know, it's making a meal, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. and so he still does a lot of loving acts, you know, on a daily basis. And again, whether it's, you know, convenient or inconvenient, you know, he does
0: that. Yeah.
2: That's beautiful, Frank. Well, thank you. I think she's
0: giving me more credit than I deserve.
2: She's starting out really positive she here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's a good thing to, to bring up, too, is that, you know, you have to be persistent in the positive. Absolutely. Because uh, you want to note all those good things in your spouse. So when, the, you know, you have that argument and you're thinking kind of poorly at the time, of <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you remember, you know, that kind of like a bank of of good things about your spouse that you can draw on. That's that's a great point.
1: You know, I can remember reading that actually in a secular magazine years and years ago when I think Mike and I were going through a particularly difficult time uh, in our marriage. And, and I'm not sure that the secular magazines have anything much positive anymore in them. But this was, this was I don't know, picked it up in a doctor's office reading and waiting. And it, it said something like, you know, when you are when you're really upset or stressed in your marriage or, uh, you know, f- the the negative things about it seem to be overwhelming, which can happen. Yeah. It said make a list in your mind of 10 things that are positive, you know, mm-hmm. 10 things mm-hmm. that are positive, 10 examples you can remember mm-hmm. or or 10 things about your spouse that that you love and appreciate and it is so important to focus in on those positives absolutely because we can sometimes feel overwhelmed you know with the negatives so um but so uh, yes on a day-to-day basis it reminds me of of the one of our great concepts in in worldwide marriage encounter that Mike and I were active in for so long love is a decision so even if you're not feeling loving frank
0: yeah. getting
1: up and Making her a cup of coffee in the morning, like you you have have done, even when you're not feeling like it, or pulling the car out, or or clearing off the snow if it's been sitting out uh, for your wife. Those are beautiful things.
0: Yeah, and, and of course Jenny did the same in many many ways. Uh, you know, when it's inconvenient to love your children when they're sick in the middle of the night, or when you have to do something that you just not do. Uh, you you know, um, of course, I also had to learn the fine art of. Not just being insistent, but being persistent.
1: <laughs>
2: you were insistent first. <laughs> first. Oh, he's like, he's like, an attorney. <laughs> he's got like, he, yeah, all of our arguments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, could win a, he could win the argument on a, some kind of a legal basis. I actually lost
0: the war when I won the argument.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I can remember another concept in Marriage Encounter we don't, we don't want to fight, we want to fight for our relationship. Yes. You know, so yes, but sometimes those arguments, uh, winning an argument can um, cause more harm than good, like you said, Frank. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> had to learn that one. <laughs>
1: yeah. So both of you had to learn making those decisions to love, doing something positive for the other person, persisting in that, even when you didn't feel like it. That really actually created a lot of benefits for your relationship, it sounds like.
2: Oh, it, it certainly did, and um, I think early on in our marriage, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we had three children uh, under the age of five, and I was an at-home mom and a little bit isolated. And I just remember um, just days when I was in tears, and I thought, I just can't do this, you know. And I and I, and I would call Frank at work, and I'd be on the phone, <laughs> and he would stop and talk to me and just kind of like talk me off the ledge, you know, and I get right back in t- to the fight, you know, and um, I mean, fight as in the struggle to do well as a parent. Yeah, <laughs> Fighting with the kids, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he'd say, well, do I need to come home? I'm like, no, no, I got it now, hon. I just needed some affirmation. Uh-huh. And so he was so good.
1: Isn't about that great? That? When
2: I couldn't be, you know, when I couldn't persist, you know, he had my back, he was coaching me, you know, giving me those words of That's encouragement. It's so difficult
1: sometimes for young mothers, being at home, like you say, feeling isolated and mm-hmm. uh, just having the kids hanging on you. <laughs> I can remember that too. Uh-huh. Or or I can remember our son, Tim, uh, when I wasn't looking, he would go over and just kind of bite the ear of our uh, of his little sister Katie for some reason it would just you know, and then she would start screaming, and you're just yeah, so yeah, being at home with with small children is can be very very stressful, and Frank, I think it's amazing that she could call you at work, you were an attorney, you were could have been involved, who knows in what kind of another conversation or uh, a difficult uh, case of some sort, but you took the time to talk her off the ledge as she well, said. Well, I
0: mean, I, I, I helped me really understand what was important in my life, not, you know, why I go to work is, you know, for my family and so forth. And, you know, it, yes, it was sometimes tricky to shift gears quickly like that, mm. <laughs> but really it was very valuable to our communication, to our intimacy, to be able to do that, to be able to be there for her when she needed me and vice versa. Um, you know, I just found that that really brought us closer together that's
1: that 's amazing. I know one of the things that because we 've talked about we have another program in our archives, your natural family planning story um, i I think you said that natural family planning in and of itself is not always convenient oh
2: right well, certainly not yeah <laughs> um, yeah, our whole story is in the archives, but briefly um after years of of using different forms of contraception, we um, got into our faith more deeply and found that that was um, not according to our faith, and we wanted to do what was right. Um, I'm a biology teacher by training, so wow. I was like fascinated by the science. Um, Frank had his doubts uh, because as the provider, he was concerned. Um, and of course, I think the hardest adjustment uh, you spoke of is the inconvenience, because mm-hmm. if you don't know this about NFP, it means abstaining or that is going, um, not having uh, sexual relations with your spouse during certain times um, if you're trying to postpone having a baby. And of course, you know, that would always be the most inconvenient times. You <laughs> want to love each other fully um, and There are times when you can't, and that's a loving act not Mm -hmm. to, um, you know,
1: to do that. And I've heard so many couples say, though, that they found other ways of expressing their love that they really had not uh, appreciated before that. I
0: mean, absolutely. uh, It helped us in both communication. and helped me in virtue and -hmm. self-mastery and better expression of love and more closeness, more real love, more sacrificial love mm-hmm. than what we experienced before, and we loved each other. It wasn't mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were so many, many hidden benefits to mm-hmm. that.
1: That's that's beautiful. Um, so yes, I'm sure when you when you found that verse from Second Timothy, let me read it again. Be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. There are so many times where to love each other is is inconvenient, and yet. I think, as you've, as you 've said, Frank, more beautiful things came from that yeah. uh, learning to love each other in a more sacrificial way, not not quite as self centered well today on our program we 're talking to Frank and Jennifer Fullen. Um where our program is about the the secrets of a long marriage, and uh, we 've been talking about persistence um, and and persistence in loving each other, even when it 's inconvenient and difficult. I know one of the things that uh, you wanted to share, Frank and Jennifer. I, I ask you about um, how how persistence related in one of the most difficult or stressful times in your marriage. And that's a beautiful story. Um, you've talked already about some of the, the little things, the beautiful little things that couples can do, being persistent in making a decision to love for each other on a day-to-day basis. Um, those little things mean so much. But tell us about one of the times in your relationship where uh, it was just a really, really stressful time for you.
0: Yeah, I, um, about midway through my career, I own my own company. I was, you know, successful in, in that regard. Um, and we have, Jenny was a stay-at-home mom with our five children. I started getting severe pain. To make a long story short, I, I had a brain tumor. And so that was kind of shocking to us that we weren't expecting anything like that. Uh, I had to ultimately go uh, have surgery, actually three surgeries on that brain tumor. We had to leave, uh, We left the state of Ohio for those surgeries. So Jenny's trying to take care of the family at home, take care of me. Um, at the same time I was losing my business, uh, because it was the mortgage crisis and I'm in the title insurance business and all the mortgages stopped being made for a period of time. And and this was
1: about 2008. I think many, many many people remember what a horrible
0: foreclosure was first page news, you know, and we ourselves also experienced that. So all of these things were happening. And, uh, the, the the beauty beautiful thing about that challenge it was the closeness that it brought. God provided for us through friends, family, neighbors, community, church. Uh, it brought us closer together. We felt uplifted in prayer. Um, it was it was really the most spiritually rewarding time of my entire life. And I think it brought us closer together. And we got some examples. I think we we could share the intimacy that we shared during that time.
2: Yeah, I have to say that it was a, a, definitely a stressful and difficult time, but God, looking back, God kind of laid the groundwork in our marriage. Um, you, you mentioned NFP, and, um, I would also say just prayer. When we first married, we did, the, you know, all the good Catholic couple things, you know, prayed over our meals, went to mass, but we didn't really pray much as a couple. Um, our third daughter had a heart defect, which, again, kind of came out of, you know, shocked us, stunned us, and uh, when you're facing that kind of thing, you, you turn to God, and so um, we began praying together because of that challenge, and that kind of set us up for the the additional challenge that came mm-hmm. later and so as
1: you this 2008 where things just started to fall apart financially and your health right. frank mm-hmm. you had the brain tumor uh had to leave home for surgery what you're saying is as you look back you realize god had <sighs> at least prepared you with a foundation uh to handle that kind of stress in your marriage through you had already learned to pray together through mm-hmm. your uh through the, the the heart defect of your it was a newborn right yes, newborn baby yes, she was born with a congenital heart yeah. defect so you started praying together as a couple and and then you also mentioned uh how the NFP had brought you so close together and and being able to share at a very very intimate level so God had prepared you Unbeknownst to you for this horrible crisis that came in two thousand
0: eight. and this was also when I was you mentioned earlier the diaconate I was going through the diaconate okay, at that time. so I got that got derailed, of course, and mm-hmm. they were like, we can't ask this of you or your wife you' got your own issues you know? right so uh, that but there was a community of you know from our parish, from the high school Catholic high school, from our neighbors, from the diaconate, from folks you know we knew neighbors' family. That really supported us in that. So they were praying for you. They were. We definitely felt mm-hmm. uplifted.
1: Mm-hmm. And and of course, not only praying, but I'm sure offering, talking to you, and and uh, visiting, and and supplying some of the needs for your family when you had to go out
2: of town for these surgeries. Is that right, Jennifer? Oh yeah, quite literally. They they kept our family going, and um, so many kind acts. Um, my my mother my sister in law my sister um, took turns watching the kids for me because I was with Frank mm-hmm. I would come I came mm-hmm. home during Thanksgiving um, for a weekend and then went back to be with frank and so we were gone a mo- over a month mm. and the neighbors, the parents of my kids cl- you know classmates brought over meals, made sure they had rides home. Um, just really took care of them while I was gone. And then afterwards, same kind of thing. They brought over meals. They um, they offered encouragement and prayer. So mm-hmm. um, God really provided for us um, by all these circles of friends. Right. And because I'm sure then
1: you felt confident that your children were being taken care of, you could focus on Frank.
2: Yes. It was such a relief. And and it was such a blessed time. i, I like Frank alluded to, I've never felt so intimately connected with him than that time when he was quite helpless mm. um because his surgery uh temporarily left him like unable to walk um he had to learn how to balance without the inner one inner ear and um I remember one incredibly intimate time when um I was bathing him because he couldn't bathe himself, and you know he couldn't stand in the shower, and I thought. <laughs> You know, this is as, you know, close as I've ever felt to him hmm. and and I was able to do other things for him that I know I would never have been able to do um earlier, but I really think it was because of the prayers and support from others that kinda gave us a supernatural strength. Sure. You know, God's and, grace.
1: And it was it was something that you're saying you could not have done, you could not have um you're not a nurse. You weren't trained <laughs> no. to do those things. You you probably became a teacher because you didn't want to be a nurse, maybe. I mean, <laughs> uh, so it wasn't in your skill set. But I bet, Frank, that must have been a challenge for you, too, to accept that kind yeah. of love and service.
0: It's uh, It was humbling, of course. But, you know, um, there was a complete change in, in my outlook as far as just really appreciating the, the support. The love that was being given to me uh, changed my heart, honestly, to just have a better perspective on that. It was always, uh, you know, I we used to shop at places, I used to donate to places we wound up shopping to when we ran out of money, and it just in all kinds of ways mm-hmm. being able to accept the generosity of someone when before you, you were doing that, you were the guy taking care of that. But it was so good for me, it was so mm-hmm. healthy, uh, humbling, but yet. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Jenny, too. I mean, she I saw her just tender care for me. Um, and she says sometimes that she didn't know I could be so humble, and I don't think I ever was. Before <laughs> <I've been. laughs> so.
1: Sure, you weren't. And, you know, um, in it, it, hearing your story, it just reminds us such a powerful example of how many of us, I think, in our couple relationships, one of the big issues is control. We want to, first of all, be in control of ourselves. Right. We don't want anybody else controlling us and uh, certainly not your spouse. You know, (laughs) and we talked a little bit about argument early on in in our show, Um, you know, uh, that often occurs over control. Who is really controlling this decision in, in our relationship or am I controlling you or are you controlling me and to be able to allow ourselves to be. Uh, totally served by the other person and lose control uh jenny you lost control of your children uh, as, as you were learning to serve frank and frank you lost you were totally had lost control of your own abilities yeah. and and control of of the family to yeah. a certain extent yeah but yeah. I mean, to, to be able to do that and accept the love of your wife and of your friends and, mm-hmm. and the, the deacons you mentioned, which yeah. were so supportive. I mean, it's such a beautiful example of how God, when we are our most vulnerable and helpless, uh, we rely on him. Exactly. For, maybe for it's- the first time in our <laughs> lives, right?
2: Uh, yeah, it's funny. I don't think any couple plans for this kind of thing to happen to them on the day that they say their vows. Right. But that's exactly what gets you through it. It's just day by day mm-hmm. saying yes to what comes. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, and trusting God. And trusting God. Trust, God if you're, trusting the people that he's working through. God's working through if you. you if
0: trusting God at that level, it's it's liberating, mm-hmm. honestly. You can just rest on the chest of Jesus like St. John. It's just take, take over God. And it was just beautiful,
1: you know your story's given me a whole new perspective on the marriage vows when we say for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and you know i 've usually thought of of the worse and, and the sickness as being times when we just have to kind of make it through mm-hmm. our couple relationship. Our vow holds us, the persistence holds us. Mm-hmm. But yet, now in hearing your story, it makes me realize that in those times in the marriage, that's when God can really be most powerful and when we can really love the most,
0: yeah. uh,
1: yes. when when we really learn what true love is. Said. Yeah. Yes. That's, and, that's amazing.
2: And it becomes, over time, a joyful persistence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't become a task to mm-hmm. care for someone that you really love. Mm-hmm. So. That, that's absolutely beautiful. Well, your story is beautiful. It's challenging. Uh,
1: thank you for being so vulnerable in sharing it. It's it's really beautiful. And we do have another program with the Fullans, with Jennifer and Frank Fullen, on their NFP story in our archives. So uh, thank you again for being with us. And if you're interested in more uh, enrichment for marriage programs in your parish, be sure to look at columbuscatholic.org under the Marriage and Family Life Office, and you'll find some help, too, for your parish. So you are listening today to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, The Family Sanctuary, with archives on stgabrielradio.com. And our program is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends.
0: Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.